0: Does
1: this mean it's over?
0: Does this mean he likes me? Are butterflies good? Am I ever going to meet someone? I'm tired of swiping. Am, Am I, I normal? normal? Say yes to things you wouldn't normally say yes to. Go to events you wouldn't normally go to. You can keep waiting for the fairy tale, or you can get on board with the new rules of relationships. If you've watched me on NBC's Access Daily, then you know this ain't your mama's love advice. This is Dates and Mates with Damona Hoffman. Hello, lovers. Welcome to another fantastic episode of Dates and Mates made just for you. I love answering your questions. And, and I don't know, maybe is it the holiday time? Y'all have extra time on your hands? Is it? Is it just kind of the pressure of the new year? Because I... I keep getting questions pouring in. And I was like, man, I got to get to these questions before the end of the year. We've got to do an all Dear Demona episode today. So I want to put your mind at ease. I want to allow you to get on track for love in the new year and to date with confidence this holiday season and in 2024. I first want to welcome in our new listeners who found Dates and Mates from the F the Fairy Tale Forum last week or from my recent podcast appearances. Let me tell you a little bit about how things work around here. Usually the episodes happen in three parts. There's headlines of the week, which we call the dating dish. There are interviews. And then there is a Dear Damona Q&A segment, which of course you can always submit questions for. But Sometimes I like to shake things up. I mean, what can I say? I'm a Sagittarius. And some weeks, like this week, it's all Q&A. And then some weeks, it's a masterclass, which you will get on January 2nd. And sometimes, you know, I just do something completely out of the box. But it's all in service of helping you better understand yourself and making you better equipped to handle the ups and downs of modern dating. Ultimately, that is what is at the core of my dating philosophy. The tagline on my website is love as you are. And as a biracial, bi-religious, bi-ally, oh, I had to go in there for a second. (laughs) I have learned in my life that life does not neatly fit into boxes. And when you lean into your most authentic self, that is how you attract authentic love. And if you're picking up what I'm putting down, then make sure you pick up a copy of F the Fairy Tale. This is my first book with a major publisher. It's being released wide in hardcover, ebook, and audiobook on January 2nd. But if you're listening to this in 2023, you can pre-order the book now and you will get entered into our pre-order giveaway at com slash giveaway, which I'll tell you about later in the show. All right, pick up your pens and paper. Wait, does anyone even use pen and paper anymore? Well, you should, because there are going to be a lot of tidbits and tips flying at you from this point forward. My friends, on with the show.
1: Dear Demona,
0: help me. Our first dear Demona question comes to us in an Instagram message from Aaron. Aaron says, "Hi Demona, I started dating someone just under 2 months ago. It's going well, conversation flows, I feel secure and calm when we're together. He told me he loves me a little over a month in. Is that too fast? I'm pretty inexperienced with long-term relationships. How should I know when to say I love you?" And just for context, Aaron is a 40-year-old female and Aaron's boo is a 43-year-old male who was divorced six years ago. I've said this on the show before, y'all, divorced dudes do not stay on the market long. (laughs) I don't know what it is, but uh, I do find that divorced men tend to move on more quickly. And like when they are ready, they're like ready, ready. So yeah, it's been six years for him, but meeting you two months ago, something clearly clicked. If he already feels secure enough with you and he trusts you enough and he feels like he loves you. I think it's beautiful. Like for you to say that to anyone at any point, if you're truly feeling it, You say it now, Aaron. That doesn't mean that you are obligated to say it back if you're not feeling it yet, and this happens on all different timelines. I'm almost embarrassed to say this is like a a real dates and mates exclusive. It took my husband and I eight months to say I love you. Eight months, and we were already exclusively dating. We, We we became exclusive about six or eight weeks in, and then we were both afraid to say it. And we were like, oh, well, what if I say it and it's going to turn the other person off and it's too much. And what? And so I think it's great that he feels comfortable, but I also feel like if you're not at that point, don't say it if you don't mean it. But also don't put so much meaning onto the word like I did. Like we get, we get so... Anxious about that moment and what it means, and we try to script it out, at least I did. (laughs) And really, it should come from a place of just true, authentic connection. And even though you're inexperienced in long term relationships, none of that matters because every relationship is new. Every connection you have, you're starting fresh with that person. So when should you say I love you? You should say it when you feel it. Is it too fast? Not for someone who really knows what they want. You know, a month in the general scheme of things is a little fast, but who who am I to say what 43-year-old male divorced six years ago is feeling in his heart? So let's just, let's let it be easy (laughs) <laughs> I, I find sometimes we overcomplicate and we, we read into the actions of the person that we're dating, especially in the early phase and especially if it hasn't been easy for us before. So let's agree in 2024, Erin and everyone, if it's easy, let's let it be easy. And it sounds like it's pretty easy right now and I'm happy for you. Our next question is a voice memo that was sent to us from a listener we'll call V.
1: Hi, Damona. I'm a big fan of your show. Thank you for everything that you do. It's been so helpful. I do have a question. I'm wondering if you have advice for the ladies out there that are the ones being engaging, keeping a conversation going, asking the questions, doing the heavy lifting, um, because it's getting tiring. I find myself in this position. It's frustrating that it feels like a lot of guys I match with don't know how to pass that ball back and forth in a conversation. It feels very dead end. And frankly, I'm feeling like so over it. So I would love to know your thoughts on if I should just move on as soon as I feel like I see the signs of this or do I keep putting in the effort? Thank you.
0: V, I feel your pain and so do a lot of listeners here. But let me just offer you a slight reframe on this because while I don't want you doing heavy lifting, none of this should feel like heavy lifting. It should be like, oh, kind of like going to the gym, right? You go to the gym and you're like, Ugh, I don't even want to be at the gym. I don't know, maybe I'm speaking for myself, but okay, you're like, I don't want to be at the gym this is a lot of work. I am not warmed up. I don't like how this feels in my body. I'm just gonna keep going because I said I would go to the gym. And then the longer you're there, you're like, oh, I'm getting stronger. I'm warming up. I'm feeling this. And then by the end, you're like, I'm feeling good. I'm getting those endorphins. I am pumped up. That's how I want dating to feel for you. Maybe there's a little resistance at the beginning. But it's like, oh, now we're getting into a flow. I'm learning things about them. I'm learning things about myself. They're learning things about me. This is getting progressively better and deeper. And my dating experience is improving the more that I'm focusing on it. That's the kind of lifting that you're doing. Not heavy lifting where you're like, I'm having one-sided conversations. Now, here's the reframe. Yes, it's frustrating that it feels like sometimes people don't pass the ball back and forth. Not everyone is great at text communication. I am living that reality with my husband. It's funny, I was just talking to my cousin about it and I was like, yeah, Seth is not a great texter. And he was like, no, he is not. Like <laughs> they even text back and forth. He's, a, he's consistently not a great texter with everyone. So I know it's not me. I'm not taking it personally. I mean, I never was in the first place, but it's not his mode of communication. And it's also not a natural mode of communication because we haven't been conditioned unless you're unless you're 14. We have not been conditioned to communicate via text. Our biology is not wired for texts and DMs yet. We are learning it, depending on how frequently you use it and how you're getting feedback on how things land and how things progress. But we're learning it, but we're used to, as humans, taking in other contexts into communication. We read inflection. We read body language. We read uh, the specific choice of words. We read even just the proximity of being in conversation with someone. None of that is available to you in a text message. So for some people, it is a bigger lift than others. The other thing I will say in this reframe for you is that we have to remember the nature of dating apps. Dating app I say dating apps, but really it's dating apps, Instagram, Facebook Messenger, um, Slack, email, like WhatsApp, all of the digital tools. The nature of those communication tools is that they are constantly in flow. And you may be in conversation with someone that you are giving your undivided attention to, which is awesome. However, they may be also getting messages from other people on the app, also getting messages from their boss, also getting messages from their best friend and their mom. And I call it the communication crisis. It is a crushing amount of communication that we are being asked to process and a crushing number of people that we are coming into contact with every day. Our brains are not yet wired for it. So we are struggling to catch up. So what would happen for you, V, and everyone else that relates to what I'm saying, if instead of looking at the sort of slow texting situation or the pulling teeth texting situation, what if we looked at that as an opportunity to practice our texting communication And we did not read into it, this person's probably not interested or this person's probably not interesting. And we solely focus on the goal of getting offline and getting to the date. Because the only way that you're gonna tell if there's a true and deeper level of connection here is if you get off of the app. Get off of the app, get off of texting, see them face-to-face ideally, or at the very least, talk to them on the phone or in a video chat. But I totally hear you in the frustration and the um, just the exhaustion that comes from feeling like you're talking to a brick wall. And what I would say in that instance, if you feel that coming up, close the app. Don't even do it. Don't engage in a conversation when you are in a place of feeling frustrated because when we text from that frustrated place or send any kind of written communication, we sort of lose control of the context and how it's going to be read. And I would imagine that some of that frustration is being pushed towards the person that you're communicating with and then you're getting some more of that frustration back. If you are consistently feeling like every conversation is dead end, which like, by the way, the process of dating is some of the people are going to be right for you. Some of the people are not. Some of the people are going to be interesting for you. Some of the people are not. The nature of apps today, for better or worse, is that this is a process that you have to go through and engage in to be able to, what do they say, separate the wheat from the chaff? I don't know. I, I'm from the Midwest. <laughs> we had corn in Michigan. I don't know if there's wheat. Anyways, we, you have to be able to, to separate who you're going to make the investment in. And this is just now part of the process. But I don't want you to continue to push it past the point where you're like, I'm literally getting one word answers here. I'm getting nothing. You make it happen. I give my clients and listeners one week from the time you match to getting to the date. You give them one week of seeing if we can make this a reality. It's only a reality if you meet IRL. And if we don't get to that point after a week and they're causing you a lot of frustration, thank you, sir. Thank you, next. Unmatch and wish you the best of luck on your journey you're not getting a rose. Okay. Start with a reframe of how you're thinking about texting and messaging and see what else you can take from this experience, but don't let it get to the point of frustration for you. Because once you sort of cross that line, it's really hard to pull it back. You may need a new dating app. You may want to try diving into offline dating a little bit more in 2024 so you can feel that energetic banter again, but don't give up and just remember every day you're making progress and every day it can change. You could have 10 DMs from deadbeats and then one from your person. So we're not focusing on the 10, we're focusing on the one. All right, we have to take a short break to give some love to our sponsors. Oh, by the way, speaking of sponsors, we have some heavy hitters for our F the Fairy Tale giveaway. Listen up. Pre-ordering the book F the Fairy Tale and entering the giveaway will give you a chance to win two VIP tickets to The Drew Barrymore Show, season four, taping right now in New York City, a $500 travel voucher to get you to New York City or anywhere else you want to go from my friends at New Leaf Literary, a 500 dollars shopping spree from Democracy Clothing, or 39 of you will get three months of OK Cupid premium. And that's all just for ordering your copy of F the Fairy Tale before the clock strikes 2024. So just go to Demonahoffman.com/slash giveaway that has all the info, all the rules, all the all the stuff, and get your copy of F the Fairy Tale Early Bird early pre-order, so that you can have a chance to win, too. We will be back with more juicy Dear Demona questions, including, is there a future with a much younger man? Welcome back. Oof, dear Demona is getting really good. All right, check this question out. This is an email from a listener named Monty. She says, dear Demona, I hope you know that you're my bestie in my head. (laughs) I love hearing that. I'm literally in your head, Monty. I'm in all your heads right now. (laughs) You're listening with headphones. Um, I love it. And I love having this dialogue with you. Um, She says, you've given such great advice Sister, don't fail me now. Just shoot me straight. I've been divorced for 12 years. And while I have a couple of significant relationships, nothing has ever stuck as my forever relationship. I'm currently seeing someone who is much younger. I'm 57. He's 39. Gulp. We click, we vibe, the relationship is relaxed and easy. We are monogamous and he's wanting a forever future with me. We're approaching four months together. I adore him, but I often wonder if I'm excited about being off the market finally or if we will really fit long-term. Help! I will not fail you now, Monty. (laughs) I will tell you that, look, this all comes back to the fairy tales, right? Like, we just didn't, read any fairy tales or see any rom-coms where a 57-year-old, sexy, sophisticated, fantastic woman attracts a 39-year-old guy. It's so funny because if the tables were turned, I don't even know if anyone would bat an eyelash. But for some reason, we're told that women can't be with a younger man. Now, okay, I'm doing some math here. It's 18 years, that is a bit of a gap, but here's the big question. And this comes back to the four pillars of long-term compatibility that I talk about in my book, F the Fairy Tale. I always talk about having shared goals and shared values being the primary predictors of long-term compatibility. And then we can talk about communication and trust later. We've got to ask here, are you traveling the same path of relationship goals? You're 57, he's 39. You've talked about a monogamous relationship. What does forever look like, like legitimately? Are you about to retire and he's just getting his career going? Are you going to be able to travel and see the world when he is at work all the time. Is he expecting to have a family? You're divorced. I don't know if you have any kids. Do you have kids? What does that look like? Have you talked about all of those things? Because sure, of course, like it's exciting to be found attractive by anyone. But yes, girl, a younger man. Hell yes. But we can get caught up in that. Like, oh, finally, I ran the gauntlet. I'm off the market. Thank goodness I don't have to go back to the loops and the the dating pool again. But I can't answer if you're gonna fit long-term, but I can ask you to really look at those goals and those values to see how those two are aligned. And if they are, forget age gaps, forget chemistry and all the feels, then you know, then you know beyond a shadow of a doubt that you two are aligned. And then we work on communication and conflict resolution because you got to be able to walk through that. You're going to have a conflict. And we have to work on trust too. Four months together is amazing. And I'm so thrilled to hear that my advice has helped you in some some capacity to get to this point. But four months is not forever yet, right? So we... we can't really fully know someone or trust someone a few months in. We have to do slow love and build that over time. But I'm feeling enthusiastic, Monty. I'm feeling good. And I'm excited to see how you navigate this and how you examine the alignment here that we're talking about and really dive deep to see if you and your partner, whatever age he may be, If you and your partner are headed the same path in life, if you can build a relationship from this point into forever. Our next voice memo comes to us from a longtime listener we'll call C. I
1: know you've spoken about this in the podcast, um, but I'm I'm genuinely just really struggling with it is (laughs) losing faith. (laughs) I mean, I can't really put it any other way. You know, I... I think I've mentioned it before, I'm dating in my 30s. Um, to be fair, I have not been dating for that long. I got out of a six and a half year relationship uh, last year. Uh, so I've been dating since May, I would say, of this year. You know, I, it's a priority for me to have a family. So I devote time to this. Now, not so much that it detracts from other aspects of my life, but I always make time and space for two dates a week. Um, I feel like that is a reasonable amount to give it a decent shot. And, you know, I've been going on lots of dates. But, yeah, I just have not found, honestly, anyone that I've been really excited about. There's hasn't really been any man who I've gone on more than four dates with. And, yeah, I mean, look, I have to say it's always me who's um, ending it. Um, I guess it's how to... Keep the optimism. I don't know that I'm just going to meet somebody who I'm excited about because I'm feeling a little jaded. And I'm like, I don't have the time to be jaded. (laughs) You know, I like this biological clock. I want to have a family. So, any tips there? And my second one is actually kind of related to that, which is that I'm really struggling, in all honesty, in finding men you are emotionally mature I mean my goodness like just it's really just that it's emotional maturity you know but yeah just if you have any tips for sourcing men who are more emotionally mature uh that would be great uh I'm open to in real life I'm open to online I yeah just sourcing tips because i feel like i must be just looking in the wrong places i don't know um or maybe look maybe just i'm doing the right things and it's just a case of time and just eventually i will navigate to where okay. you know these men are i don't know um but yeah i would really appreciate your help um
0: and hope you have a lovely day see first i just want to acknowledge how you are really showing up fully in your dating life and, you know, sometimes people come to me and they're like, I don't know what's going on. And I, we just we peel back the first layer and it's like, oh, you haven't even clarified what you want or you're not making dating a priority. And that is certainly not the case here. You are making it a priority, but you're still getting frustrated. So let me just point out a few things in what you said that I think would be helpful for you and for other listeners right now. First, let's examine expectations. So you've been going out on a lot of dates, but you have been getting to second, third, and even fourth dates. Now, many of you know my three-date rule. I say if you're still curious about the person after the first date, go on the second. If you're still curious after the second, go on the third. If there's nothing more that develops, then you don't have to go on a fourth. But you're getting to four dates, see? That's actually really good. And you're clearly gathering enough information in those four dates to determine if somebody is a good fit for you or not for the future. And based on what you say, you're looking to start a family, you're looking to build a life. Not everyone's going to make the cut. In fact, not everyone should make the cut. You should be discerning. And especially as you have figured out some aspect of sourcing where you have a lot of dates, You are on a mission to find that person who's going to be your life partner, a co-parent to your child, the person you build everything from this point forward with. That's kind of a big job. And like, if you just think of, let's just take this, like I say date, like it's your job. Take this into the workspace. If you were looking for a co-founder of your company you're probably going to look at quite a lot of resumes. You're going to take quite a lot of introductions. You're going to interview a few of them. You're going to send some people into second and third interviews. And not everyone's going to get the job because the person who gets the job has to be so stellar, has to be so uniquely qualified for you to make that investment with them that it has to be a mindful and thorough process. And I know it feels like you're you don't have time to waste here, but a little bit of that is just society talking and we've gotta hush societal expectations. There is the real world component of the biology of parenthood. And if this is for anyone, anyone that is feeling that push, if there is any chance for you to freeze your eggs, do fertility. Like, I know it doesn't sound sexy, (laughs) but you're probably not listening to Dates and Mates for sexy talk. (laughs) There's plenty of other shows you can do that. You get real talk here. And I will tell you for real, I have clients, many clients who have frozen their eggs, and that has taken the pressure off of the dating situation. I even... Talked with someone a couple months ago who decided to become a solo parent. And in the process, she met someone and things got more serious. And she adopted her child and met her child at birth with her boyfriend. And then her boyfriend decided to also adopt this child and propose to her at the same time. So There's just no timelines. There's no right way to do it. And we need to be able to write that story for ourselves. Now, back to this level of maturity, because as a parent myself, I know, also, you do not want to be co-parenting with a child, (laughs) with a person who is not fully grown themselves, okay? So this is actually... Very crucial for you to figure out. And uh, it's actually a bit of an epidemic. I talked about it uh, recently in relation to this new Bumble data that I reported on a couple weeks ago, that there's definitely a feeling of some people spent time during the pandemic up-leveling their life overall, not just their love life, like up-leveling who they were, investing in mental health, and figuring out who they truly are and how to relate better. And some people didn't. Some people actually, through the isolation, regressed a little bit and atrophied a little bit. And those people are still worthy of love, but that doesn't mean that they're necessarily worthy of your love or at the same place in the same timeline that you are. But what I do know, see, is that there are emotionally mature men out there that there is someone in your dating pool who would be thrilled to partner with you, to co-parent with you. And it's mostly about going through this experience of screening to find them. I know you said you want help on sourcing, but it's really just that you are in the sometimes time-consuming, sometimes exhausting experience of screening. Now, If we're not sourcing from the right place, then it does make your screening process a little bit longer. So we'll just go back to what are the building blocks of that sourcing experience. One, dating apps, and you may not be on the optimal dating app for you. Maybe you need to switch to a different app that has a pool of more relationship-minded singles. Um, And I can't tell you what app that would be because it really varies from market to market, but Be willing to try it out, to swap it up, to cycle in a new app. Number two, go to your connector circle. We were just talking about this in my uh, Dates and Mates Method course. Somebody in my class was very brave in asking someone that they didn't know very well, but they felt would have the right kind of matches, asking for a setup. And she got a very enthusiastic response. And it was really hard to have that conversation and to say, I'm looking for X, Y, and Z, but we want to get an army of people. We want to engage our community in expanding our dating pool as well. And number three is to put yourself in the spaces and places where those emotionally mature men that you're looking to meet might be. So maybe that's in some sort of philanthropy. Maybe that's in going to an activity at uh, an art gallery. Maybe that is in some other kind of community work or involvement. But really sit down and take some time to fantasize about where this ideal emotionally mature man might be and then put yourself there. Say yes to things you wouldn't normally say yes to. Go to events you wouldn't normally go to. Go out with different friends that might take you to a different place and just adopt that attitude of yes that I'm always talking about. And do it with the clarity of exactly what you're looking for, the three must-haves and the three deal-breakers. And look, if you are seeing some of the signs that somebody is not right for you, you don't have to go through four dates. If you see it on date two and you've lost curiosity or you're not feeling attracted to them at all, that's okay. That's okay to think and release them and move on to the next because time is your most valuable resource. We want to protect that and we want to date strategically but you're right on track. And I know it can be exhausting, but try to stay in the place of positivity as much as you can. And even if that means taking a dating break, maybe for the rest of the month, come back to it fresh in 2024, remembering my words of encouragement and knowing that that person is definitely out there. And the clearer you can be on what you're looking for exactly, the easier it will be to spot them when they're right there in front of you. My friends, we have come to the end of episode 486 of Dates and Mates. You know I love your questions. You know I love to hear your voices, just like we heard C and we heard V. And you can be anonymous as they were, whether you're typing in your question or sending in a voice memo. Shoot it over to me at Damona Hoffman on all of the socials. Or leave me a voicemail or send me a text at 424-246-6255. We will be back again next Tuesday with a very provocative episode. I don't even want to tell you who my guest is, but I will tell you they have something to say that may completely change your mind on the way you've been going about Dating. So make sure you tune in for that. Make sure you're subscribed. If you're just finding the show, go ahead and leave us a review on whichever platform you're listening five stars if uh, you love it, and a review wherever you're listening to the podcast right now. And F the fairy tale, it is available for pre order now. I'd love for you to get in that giveaway. You have a chance to meet Drew Barrymore, you have a chance to fly anywhere you want to go. You have a chance to win a new wardrobe from Democracy Clothing. You have a chance to get OKCupid Premium Membership. This is a season of giving, and I am giving away so much just for you buying this book at The Fairy Tale. Go to demonahoffman.com slash giveaway and buy the book before January 2nd for your chance to win. Until next week, I wish you happy holidays and happy dating.